bread of life. And they're going, okay, bread, uh, a source of sustenance and a source of provision and a source of being fed, a source of life. Okay, Jesus, I get what you mean. And that's one of those things. It's really easy to, to, to leave it right there. Um, when, when speaking about myself, one of the primary go-tos when I define myself is, I am a dad. And you throw out that word dad, and we all know what dad means. And you can look up a dictionary definition of it, and we understand, oh, dad, okay, I get it. But at the same time, we know there's depth, and there's nuance, and there's so many facets that are included in that one simple word. And the same is true here when Jesus is talking about bread. And everybody else, and, and here's where that moment is, do you want to know something about Jesus? Or do you want to know Jesus? And so Jesus takes them deep. Jesus is like, I am the bread of life. And this little conversation ensues, and you know, as will happen, the, the religious people rise to the front of the conversation because everybody else is just going, um, so is there bread? Are, are we getting bread? I, there, you guys have your religious conversation. Is there bread to eat while you're doing this? And Jesus, Jesus takes the conversation deeper. And Jesus ends the conversation. Towards the end of the conversation, Jesus goes... And if you want to turn with me, we're in uh, John chapter 6. We're going to go a couple of other places after that. Jesus takes him deeper and he says, here in the word over there. In verse 48, John chapter 6. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. So Jesus, Jesus then makes this connection. He goes all the way back to the Old Testament. He goes back to the Exodus story. He's talking about the manna, the manna, the bread of heaven that God sent down. And this is one more instance, and there are so many of them in the Bible, where something is referred to in the New Testament as a perfected or a completed form of something that was hinted at, something that was a preview in the Old Testament. It's like the Old Testament is just full of these little things where God's going, I'm just going to give you this little look at something. But, but later on, it's going to come to fruition. And the perfect form, the perfect realization of it is going to come true. And you're not going to see that. But down the road, they're going to look back to this moment and they're going to go, oh. And this is one of those moments because they go back and they're all going, well, we know what manna is. Sure. And now you're saying your bread sent down from heaven to keep us alive. And this is that moment where you can just turn and walk away and go, okay, I have a fact. I have a piece of trivia. I know something about Jesus. Or you can take a moment to dive deeper and go, I want to know. If Jesus said, I am the bread of life, if Jesus connects himself to the manna in the wilderness, what is that story? What does that manna in the wilderness tell me about who Jesus is and what he means in my life? So Jesus, the bread of heaven, the sustainer, the provision, the source of life. Here's something else. Here's a little bit deeper about Jesus. If you want to go with me, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 16. 
take a moment for the rustling of all those pages to die down. <laughs> um, Exodus chapter 16. Starting in verse 16. I think my print is shrinking. Because <laughs> it does that. Uh, chapter 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it each... No, we're going to go 15. Um, so they're in the wilderness, and this happens a couple times. This is the first instance where they just crossed over the Red Sea. They just, God wiped out the Egyptians. <sighs> Prince of Egypt style. I feel like I keep coming back to Prince of Egypt, but, you know, you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. So they're in the wilderness, and they're like, Moses, we're hungry. We want to eat something. And Moses is like, dude, it's the desert. What do you want me to do? Ah, now I'm getting something to eat. They're like, it's a car trip. It's a car trip without the car. And Moses' dad driving the car, and the rest of Israel is the children in the back seat. Aren't we there yet? I have the pain. I want to eat. And so they're like, we're really hungry. And Moses is going, God, they're really hungry. I am so tempted to turn this car around. <laughs> and God's like, don't worry. I'm going to take care of this. I am going to feed you. I am going to send you bread from heaven. You get everybody ready, and you tell them first thing, tomorrow morning, when they come out of their tents, there's going to be bread. And everybody's like, yeah! And they spent all night thinking about it, and they're I'm hoping it's a nice, crusty ciabatta. Um, but sourdough wouldn't be bad. Maybe some pumpernickel. And everybody's like, anybody got butter? So they're just on and on. They're thinking about bread. Because it's going to be awesome. We're going to eat bread until we die. I miss those days. So, they're expecting bread. They come out the next morning excited. They got their, their buckets, their barrels, their baskets. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Manna. It's, we, we refer to it now as manna. But manna, in the original Hebrew, it, it means, what is it? The word manna, the manna from heaven, means, what is that? Again, they're children. It's not, oh, thank God you sent something for us to eat so we don't die of starvation. It's like, what is it? I don't know. Eat it. I'm not going to eat it. You eat it. I'm not going to eat it. Hey, let's give it to my... I was so afraid I was going by myself. And literally, to this day, we have this magical vision of manna from heaven. And it means, what's that? See, the first thing the story of, of, of the manna, the bread from heaven tells us is, when God is going to provide for you, it doesn't necessarily look the way you think it's going to look. 
There will be many times in our lives when we're going through it, and we're in hard times, and we're asking God, God, fix this. God, provide this. God, send this. God, do this. And God's like, cool, I've got this. I'm going to take care of this. And then God takes care of us, and we go, that's not what I was looking for. And that's the moment. Do we want God to be God, or do we want us to be God? Because you don't get that choice. If, if you want God to provide, you take what God provides, and you trust that what God provides is the right thing. So the first thing the story of, of, of man tells us is, when God provides, it's not necessarily going to look like what you think it should look like. Let us continue. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Um, I'll read it again. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You should each take an omer, according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered, some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing, no lack. And whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat, and Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. When the sun grew hot, it melted. Alright. Point number two. What manna tells us is, when God provides... He will provide sufficiently. When God provides, He's not asking you to scrape by. God is going to give you exactly what you need, and He will be sufficient, and it will be good. And He's not asking you to, uh, well, you're just, you're just barely going to get through this. God's saying, I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to give you exactly what you need, and you are not going to fall short. For the record, an omer is just shy of about five pounds. So each person in this setup gets almost five pounds of food each per day. Five pounds of bread a day. Tell me God wasn't blessing them. And again, maybe it's not the bread they wanted, but it was bread. That they didn't have to do anything for. They didn't have to go nurture the wheat. They didn't have to reap it. They didn't have to thresh it. They didn't have to bake, broil, or anything else. They woke up, they went outside, and the bread was on the ground. Five pounds each. God is not going, all right, you know, here's, here's a half pound each. You're going to have to make it last. We're rationing, folks. God is being abundant. Just like you in your life, where you are, when you walk with God, God will provide for you abundantly. Yeah. <laughs> Provided that in walking with God, you are being changed and your idea of abundance changes with it. Because the worldly vision of abundance and the kingdom's vision of abundance are not necessarily the same thing. But when you walk in the kingdom... And your mind is changing to think kingdom thoughts. You will see whatever God provides is more than, not enough, more than enough. 
So Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus provides sustenance. Jesus provides life. What Jesus provides won't always look right. But what Jesus provides will always be more than enough. Story people. Whoa, what was that? All right, okay, cool. All right, the story continues. In chapter, uh, verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two homers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, when it, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. When God provides, God provides out of relationship. God provides out of connection. God understands. God's vision is that in providing with us, there should be connection. There should be fellowship. God is not a cosmic jackpot, slot machine, vending machine, just kind of handing stuff out willy-nilly. I cannot obviously believe I just said willy-nilly. That weirds me out. God provides in the course of relationship, God provides good things and blessing to his children. Too many of us, too many in the world think, well, God's good. God's going to give. God is good. God does give. But if we're not in connection with him, if we're not in relationship with him, too many times we can't see what God is providing. We don't know what good things he's trying to give us because we're not thinking the way he thinks. We're not seeing the way he sees. God provides, but God makes provision for intimacy with him in that provision. God said, you know what? I am going to provide everything you need, but on the sixth day, you're going to get twice. Every other day, you can only get one day's worth. But on the sixth day, you can get two days' worth because the Sabbath is for me. I don't want you to go have to, out and have to work. I don't want you to have to go gather. I don't even want you to have to go gather manna, a gift from heaven for me. I want everything on that seventh day to be about me and you. And too often, you know, we make our obeisance. We show up once a week. We've done our FaceTime with God. And then we wander off back into the world, looking to do what we got to do. And God's going, that's, that's not relationship. I'm, I'm looking for a connection from the heart with you. Because all this other stuff is predicated on connection to God. If you don't have a solid, daily, regular, intimate connection to God, all the good stuff you're looking to get from him 
It's not going to show up. And especially in the hard times, when you're looking for that deliverance, you're looking for that provision, you're looking for that sustenance, and you're going to go, God, where are you? And God's going, I'm right here. You don't recognize me because you don't spend any time with me. God's provision is only realized when you are spending time with him. So yes, Jesus is the bread of life. On a base level, Jesus is a provider, Jesus is sustenance, Jesus is a source, the source of life. But in a deeper context, when he provides, it won't look like what you think it looks like. When he provides, I have to go back to my notes because I forgot what he provides. Um, it's not going to look like what you were expecting. You don't need more than what God provides. He's not going to ask you to scrape by. He's going to satisfy you. God's presence with us and ours with him is part of his provision. And then lastly, this was the story, the first time manna shows up, pre-promised land. This is, this is, they just get out of Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land, manna shows up for the first time, and they're a little underwhelmed by it. But then later, in Numbers, chapter 11, where they've been eating manna for like 137 years or something, I mean, they're over manna. They are over bread. See, they are living in a cursed world where bread is no longer a source of joy. Does it sound familiar, folks? So Numbers, chapter 11, in uh, verse 4. So they've been eating manna forever. They've been eating the bread of heaven forever. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said... Oh, that we had meat to eat. You remember the fish we ate in Egypt? They cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Um, that's, a, that's soup, right? I mean, they just describe soup. Um, but now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. This miracle of God, this manna, this food that fell directly from heaven. And now we're at the point where God's provision, God's blessing, God's miracle is sort of a... Eh, yeah, I'm over it. Can we have something else now, please? See, what it tells us is when God provides, He won't always give you what you're looking for. It might be something else. There's a line. Uh, I think it's probably from one of the Psalms. Uh, it goes something like, You can't always get what you want. <laughs> but, brothers and sisters, if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. And whatever wise man it was that wrote that, it's just as true in this instance. When God provides, he's not always going to provide what you're looking for. But what he provides will be exactly what you need. To the point where when I do prayer requests with our youth, and we're praying through, and one of the things in my own life and in youth group, and the, the thing that I, I make sure to pray to God is that, Father, if you, if, if you provide, if you answer our prayer as we've asked it, 
Help us to be grateful. Help us to be thankful. And help us to glorify you. But if you answer in some way other than what we've asked, if you provide something else, help us to be diligent to seek you out and to understand how your way is better than our way. So see, as you leave here this morning, you can leave with one of two things. You can leave with something about Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. Unlike the original bread, and this is where we, we, we saw the preview. We saw the manna from heaven was a preview of things to come. The manna was, was a form of food that provided life and sustenance to the physical body, but could only go so far. And Jesus says, I'm just like that, but I provide life to the spiritual life. I provide a life that will never end. That was a preview. I am the completion. I am the perfection. And you can leave with this, this one little piece of knowledge, this one little understanding about who Jesus is, or you can dive deeper and you can ask, what was it? How can I know Jesus in this? And that should also always be our prayer. Whenever we're looking at Scripture, we should always take it beyond the surface words and ask, God, how does what you're telling me in this black and white print help me to know you better? Not know about you, not have some trivia about you, not be able to answer a question about you, but to know you in a deep and personal and intimate way. And that's, this morning, as you leave here, that's what you have to decide. And that's true every single morning when we leave here on Sundays. Are you going to go with a piece of information, or are you going to go with a deeper understanding and presence of God? The last thing I want to share with you, this actually is from the Psalms. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We can get done here. You can walk down the street. You can go to the bakery section over there at Fred Meyer's. You can look at all the bread they have. And you can look at it, and it looks good. You know what? Sourdough looked good the first time I saw it. Now I'm a sourdough fan. And I only found out I wasn't a sourdough fan because I took and I tasted it. And I saw that for me, it was not good. There was an instance where, say, somebody, random person, nobody specific, was picking up bread for communion. And it was labeled as a garlic-type bread, which random person thought seemed like a really cool idea. Until random person, whoever this might be, brought the bread and left it in the kitchen to be broken, because you break bread, in preparation for communion, only to be informed that this particular garlic bread had actual chunks of garlic in the bread. Which, cool, you know, with like a pasta, maybe that's awesome. With grape juice on Sunday morning, not so much. 
so what that tells us is you can only tell so much about bread by looking at it or being told about it. But if you want to know if that bread is good, you have to partake of it. You can know about Jesus all day long. But until you start living a life where you are partaking of his presence and his spirit and his goodness in a real and personal way every day, you'll never know. You'll never know. Close with me a prayer, if you would. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for all that you've shared. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the many assorted ways through Scripture and through the Word and through our own lives and the lives of those around us that He has been revealed every day something new and exciting and wonderful and a deeper knowledge and a deeper understanding of who Jesus Christ was and who He is and who He can be to us in the days going forward. I just pray, Father, You would come and You would walk with us and You would help us to walk with You. that you would help us to taste the bread of heaven and see that it is good. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May you go from this place in the peace, the provision, and the power of Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.